every diesel needs to defend against clogged injectors, low lubricity, and slipping fuel economy. The best defense is the best defender. House Diesel Defender with Advanced IDX4 Detergent. Get a deeper clean, maximum lubricity, and boosted fuel economy. Guaranteed! House Diesel Defender. Get optimal performance. House for every diesel. Hello, I'm Stan Campbell. This is TNT, Truck News Talk. Unless you just got back from Mars, you likely know that there's a serious driver deficit in the trucking industry. According to the American Trucking Association, the trucking industry would have to recruit over a million new drivers over the next decade. Yet there's a great untapped pool of potential drivers. It's that other half of the population, women. Right now, women make up about 14% of professional drivers. But the good news is it's up 8% since 2018. Women have been joining the trucking industry at higher rates, not just for driving roles, but as women in dispatching positions and safety roles. They make up about 40%. There are many women in the trucking business in the U.S. and Canada who are working hard to recruit more women. One of those is Stephanie Klang. She is one impressive lady and would have been a great asset to any business. But she's retired, but she has not retired from promoting trucking as a rewarding career for women. She has a great story. She's in Joplin, Missouri. Hello, Stan. Hey, Stephanie. We've been talking to women who have been involved in the trucking industry or have been involved in the industry. I was struck with a picture that I saw of you standing in front of a trailer and... The message on the outside of the CFI trailer says, I'd never settle for less. Stephanie, driver since 1987. That's some good advertising, and that's a powerful message. Yeah, that was a that was a good ad campaign for CFI. They did those trailers in uh, 2005, and I don't know exactly how many trailers they had or how many people they had involved. I do know I was the only woman. And uh, we still stay in touch with several of the people that had pictures on the side of the trucks because we were long-term, really long-term employees and loyal to CFI, and, and it was a good company to work for. Whose idea was that? Do you know? That was, that was their marketing idea. I, I met that, um, the, the head of marketing at that time, but it was just for one afternoon. I cannot remember her name. Um, in later years... I worked more with marketing, and I did get to know those gals really well. And they were they're so high energy and so full of ideas, and it was just fun to be involved in it. They made it fun. And that was back, did you say 2005? Yes, that was a 2005 ad campaign. Because I'm thinking, you know, even today, 2023, we're still trying to get trucking companies to say, hey, listen, we can put some ads in the sides or the backs of trailers and so on. And I still don't see it happening as much as maybe they could do. So that was kind of forward thinking for 2005. Yeah, yeah. And and they made it a lot of fun. You know, they made it a lot of fun. They, they hired professional photographers and we had nice equipment, you know, very polished up equipment right there on the yard and and they made a a good day out of it. Do you think that that picture especially of you on there being a female trucker would help bring people in to the business? You know I don't know if that had a huge impact but the videos 
that I did, I did not realize how far-reaching they were, but I would do like maintenance minute videos, what I do on an inspection. I had several people come up to me when I was in marketing my last two years there. They said they were totally fascinated by the video I did of how I live in the sleeper. They never knew what was behind the seat. They never knew how you lived in a truck, how comfortable it could be. And I, I never realized what an impact my videos had. Are those videos still available? I think they are. I, you know, I'm not sure. I think a lot of them are. This is excellent marketing because there's nothing like having the people who do the job show the public. And, and that's one of the things that I talk about a lot is that Main Street America doesn't seem to be getting the message that there are great jobs in trucking. They unfortunately sometimes understand stereotypes of the trucking business. This kind of message destroys those stereotypes, right? Yes, it does. You know, that was my theme when you uh, apply to the America's Road Team, which I did in 2012, you have to write a three-minute speech of what you feel you can change in the trucking industry and transportation. And that was my theme of, you know, we're, we're people. We, you don't have to be a big, burly guy. You know, you can shower every day. You can yes. change the image of trucking. We have homes. I traveled with a cat. We're people. We're just like you. And in my story, I, you know, I would do Walmart shopping all over the nation. And if I was standing in line, I, I just look like a little housewife, you know. And uh, people, I guess I look really open because people would talk to me. And, and I remember this woman in Greenville, Texas, she said, she saw that we both had blueberries. And, and she goes, aren't these blueberries beautiful? And I said, yes. God love those truckers for bringing them in, you know, just... <laughs> So she realizes these weren't grown here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything is brought in by truck. God love those truck drivers, man. We can eat. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think of this when I uh, when we have mangoes or whatever at home. I'm thinking, they didn't grow here. That's right. They did not grow. Th you know, we have bananas year-round. They don't grow uh, here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I did my small portion of trying to change people's minds, you know, one person at a time, one with my personal appearance, two with my cheerful attitude, and, you know, just pointing out small things of, wow, look at what we, how we get to live in this country because we have a wonderful transportation system. <laughs> That's a great message to put out there on Main Street, and we need to do a better job of getting that message out there. I want to go back yeah. to your the beginning of your career. You started way back, well, way back. And for me, it doesn't seem like way back. It's 1980, but you've been driving for a while. How did you get yeah. started? Well, I was I was uh, 20 years old when I when I met my my future husband, and he was a driver. And you know, the when you're young, your emotions run so high. And at that time, he was doing somewhat local work. And then after we were married, he started doing long haul. And, you know, you want to be, be with them more. You want to be with them constantly when you're first in love. Of course. So he said, if you get on the truck, you're going to have to learn to drive. And as I said in my bio, it's, it's very difficult 
being taught to drive by someone you have a deep emotional attachment to. But he knew a lot about driving, and, um, you know, he did teach me a lot, and we did run team for, for 15 years. So it was rewarding. It, it was tough, but it was rewarding, and it was nothing that I ever thought I would ever do. But during that 15 years, I completely fell in love with the traveling and being away from home. I, I fell in love with it. It was what I felt like I was meant to do. But when you were driving team with your husband, were you treated as an equal by the company? I was not. No, not until 1987. Yeah, every every company we went to work for, I was just kind of dismissed as the the little woman who, you know, packed the suitcase. I was the extra logbook. I washed the windshield. Kind of dismissed until we came to CFI in 1987. And then it was a complete about-face of, you know, they already had a couple of women driving, and they realized they, they were very capable. And, you know, I just cannot tell you how wonderful it was to be appreciated. And again, that was kind of forward-thinking for them back in 87, right? Yes, yes. They were not the norm. Because there are some fleet owners today that still hesitate in hiring women. I don't know if you ran across that in, in you know, promoting women for trucking. Actually, when, when I talk to people at the uh, truck shows, I get the fleet owners that say, you know, I just wasn't sure about hiring women, but I wish my entire fleet was made of women now. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, they took a chance and hired a few women, even in heavy hauling. And, you know, they say they're more patient, they're more careful, they have better attention to detail. You know, they work smarter, not harder. And they're like, wow, why, why can't we have a whole fleet of women drivers? <laughs> but um, I'm glad that they found some, some wonderful employees. I'm glad they took the chance and gave these, also gave these women a chance. Well, there's research out there that shows that women drivers are safer drivers, but they also take better care of the equipment. Yes. You and your husband divorced, and then you were remarried, but you started driving, or you you continued to drive solo after that. But with a companion, I saw his picture, Grumpy. But wait, we got to take a break first, and we'll find out who Grumpy is after this. Every diesel needs to defend against clogged injectors, low lubricity, and slipping fuel economy. The best defense is the best defender. House Diesel Defender with Advanced IDX4 Detergent. Get a deeper clean, maximum lubricity, and boosted fuel economy. Guaranteed. House Diesel Defender. Get optimal performance. House for every diesel. Okay, we're back talking to Stephanie Klang about women in trucking and a new um, driving companion. You called him Grumpy? Oh, my grumpy Fred cat, yes. <laughs> I, love, I love that cat. He hated everyone except me. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Even when I met and married the new guy, which we still call him the new guy after 20 years, and he loved it. <laughs> okay. Fred, Fred hated the new guy, 
And I told my current husband, Greg, I said, please don't ask me to get rid of him. That's a button with me. <laughs> I don't do it. Fred will only live, well, he lived until 2018, so Greg did have to put up with him for 15 years. But don't ask me to get rid of my grumpy tomcat. I love that cat. <laughs> it's a great companion. You even, I'm sure you even talk to him while you're in your drives. I talk to him constantly, yes, yeah. and I tell a couple of stories about him. One time I was picking up a load north of Detroit at 11 p.m. at night, and it was sleeting, and weather was just cold and nasty, and I was out there trying to get hazardous material placards to stick to the side of the trailer, and the local drivers there at the terminal where I was picking up, they came up me when I was in signing the bills and they said, your Tomcat was going from window to window looking for you. And I go, oh, it just warms my heart that somebody cared, you know, that <laughs> I was out there. <laughs> it sounds more like a dog's attitude. Yeah, yeah, we, our cats tend to be, you know, more like dogs because we spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. And my second Fred story is, you know, I, I'd had a pretty good day. I was going across I-80. I stopped at a rest area for the night in uh, Iowa, and I was tired. I didn't want to walk Fred, but when I, he heard me set the brakes, and he was right there with his harness, and he wanted to go for a walk. So it was so worth it. It was dusk. It was a beautiful evening. We get out there in the grass, and he starts jumping at fireflies. Ah. And me laughing, I just felt the weight of the day just roll off of me. And, you know, he was such a wonderful companion. He brought me so much joy. I'm glad to hear you had a harness on him. I have a little story. When I, I drove from California to northern Michigan and uh, brought a cat, and unfortunately, I let him out of the car somewhere in Nebraska, and I think I chased him across a field for probably an hour before I finally caught up with him. So, yeah, good idea. The harness is a good idea because you never know what they're going to see that they're going to want to chase. Yeah, and they, they're not dogs. They don't take orders well. It's about, you know, their safety, too. You know, just you don't want to lose them or you don't want them to... To, uh, you know, especially if something scares them, because people yeah. are out walking their yeah, dogs. Yeah, sure. You be, <laughs> you got involved with women in trucking at some point with Ellen Voya and promoting ride-alongs, which I think is a wonderful idea. Yes. Um, at that time, Conway Truckload had purchased CFI, and we had a wonderful head of marketing, you know, uh, Tara Langford, and women in trucking actually contacted her because, you know, Conway was a huge supporter. And Ellen put these ride-alongs together, and I had met Tara slightly through some previous marketing campaigns. And the whole CFI directorship, when you, you go through and you say, well, what woman can we send to Washington, D.C. for this? And everybody threw my name out. And it, it's decades of reliability that paid off there, you know, because that did not happen until 2010. And the ride-along was in 2011. So it's just 
showing up every day at work and doing your best every day that brings you to the attention of people making marketing decisions. And that's how I got picked for that. And Conway also showed a lot of support. They sent a film crew. They had their head of uh, their head of marketing for all of Conway, Gary France. He flew in from San Francisco. And um, I didn't realize what a big deal it was until I actually got there. So, But the support was there. The ride went well. And it was. It was an eye-opener because I remember Debbie Hurstman were leaving Washington, D.C. at 5 p.m. in the rain. And I said, well, we can't take the car route out of town to the northwest. We have to go southwest, get to the loop, and come up. And it's going to take a couple of extra hours to get you to your next, your next truck. And she would see trucks parked on on-ramps. And she goes, what are they doing there? And I said, well, they're probably out of hours. There's no truck stops back east here in the uh, Washington, uh, Maryland area because real estate prices are too high to have a truck stop. And that's the only place they can find to take a break. So I felt like it was educational for her. And, you know, she's with someone who can explain what's going on. And I was appreciating the time that she took for it also and tried to explain everything to her as clearly as I could. And she was with the uh, NTSB in uh, Washington, right? Yes. Oh, when she first got in the truck, she looked in the sleeper and she goes, where's the cat? And I go, <laughs> oh, well, they made me leave Fred home. They were afraid you uh, didn't like cats. <laughs> so, and besides, she could be allergic to cats, uh, just like my wife is. So, Yeah, she could have been, but she was not. Yeah. So these ride-alongs, I mean, what a great idea. And I, I don't know why there aren't more of them, because some of the people who make decisions that affect trucking and truckers, they're in Washington, but they really have no hands-on idea of what it's like. And this is a great Correct. way. Correct. And so we, we do our best to educate them, and, but... It's a different lifestyle. They are trying to create rules and laws that protect everybody. But in my personal opinion, they've kind of beaten the fun out of trucking. <laughs> yeah. It was in the later years when they instigated the, the new logbook rules and the electronic logs. My husband and I, you know, we drove separate trucks and we would try to meet up uh, crossing paths you know, back and forth across the nation. And because of electronic logging, there were several times that we just waved at each other. We could not even stop to have lunch together. We just had to wave and keep going because, you know, you could run out of time, you wouldn't make it to your truck stop, and it would snowball, you know, throughout the next few days of being behind schedule. So it kind of beat the fun out of it for us. Yeah. I always say that politicians are terrible domino players. And what I mean by that is you make this rule and this rule affects this and then this affects the next thing and they don't look down the road to see in the end what's going to be the effect of this rule we passed. Yes. And there were several times that I would make it within 40 miles of home, you know, after being gone 
three, four, five weeks at a time, and oh, I'm I'm out of time. I can't make it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can't make it home. And it's just that domino effect of they think I'm in a high traffic area. I'm not. I'm in rural Missouri. There's 40 more miles is nothing. You know, it's nothing to me. And but I stopped. Tell me about the Constellation Award. What is that about? That was a Conway Award system and. First, you got nominated from your peers through a, a quarterly award, and then they would take the 12 quarterly award winners, and I think then the president of each section of Conway, which CFI was, we were long-haul truckload. They had Menlo Logistics. They had Conway Freight and a couple other divisions. They would take those 12 quarterlies and pick a presidential um, leader award. They would pick three. And then the presidential leader award winners from all the sections of Conway would be thrown into the pot for the Constellation Award. And so only five out of 30,000 employees won a year. And they would they would fly you into a resort with all of the heads of all of the Conway divisions and our CEO, and you got one-on-one time with them to talk about your ideas of how to improve the whole mm. the whole company. And so it came with the flying into the retreat and the time with the CEO and the presidents and a cash reward. So it was it was quite a big deal. I did not realize how big a deal it was. Yeah, it certainly but, sounds that way. I mean, you were one of five chosen out of 30,000? Wow. Yes, and that was from the success of the Women in Trucking Ride Along. That's how I got nominated to quarterly and the truckload division, CFI slash Conway Truckload, we still had the same president, Herb Schmidt, and he'd seen all my hard work. So when it came up that I was nominated quarterly, I kept the letter that he wrote, and it was very heartfelt of, you know, how hard I worked and what a, you know, what a good image I presented and that got me into the presidential award and then to the constellation award. So it was once again decades of just going to work and doing my job and showing up and and uh it it was quite an award. And speaking an award. of um image, you were also involved in the uh, Women in Trucking Image team, right? Yes, that came along in 2015. And that was that was another great idea from Ellen and um uh, we did a lot of things. We did videos. We, we just did a lot of things. We did Girl Scout events. In fact, I thought I had a Girl Scout event here in Springfield, Missouri next month, but Prime couldn't put the, put the logistics together. But, but we're still available to do Girl Scout events, high schools, uh, just all, all kinds of things of educating young people in all jobs of transportation. And that's the last the last thing I did for two years, from 2020 to 20, no, 2018 to 2020, until COVID hit, I worked in marketing at CFI, and that was my job, is taking a tractor trailer to high schools, having the local schools bring career day 
classes, and I would take them through every floor of our corporate building and explain all of the jobs that are involved in transportation. And then we all put on little safety vests, and I would take them all out to the shop and say, if you want hands-on experience, you know, you want to work on trucks, we need people that work on trucks. We need people that write the contracts that, you know, pay us. We need people in payroll. There's all kinds of jobs in transportation. If you write code, we need people in IT. All the trucks now have satellite communication, so we need people in the basement writing code. And so I feel like trucking and transportation offers a lot of career choices for young people. What was the attitude uh, among the high school kids to your presentation, usually? They had no idea. They had no idea that there were so many opportunities and so many different opportunities. And I think they were fascinated, but the teachers were really fascinated. And it gave them more to talk about when they went back to class. You know, it maybe during through COVID, and they say, well, we can't go to CFI for career day because of COVID, but I can tell you about the jobs there. Stephanie, you are certainly, and I've used this term before, but you certainly are a role model for, for women everywhere, not just in trucking, but it's just in general. We thank you for all you've done, and we also thank you for bringing all our stuff. <laughs> that was the fun part. I would walk up to in the door of receiving, and and at first, in years past, they would say, are you in a pickup truck? I go, no, no. <laughs> or are you a school teacher? Are you? <laughs> no, I'm here with your freight. You know. <laughs> and one guy in Vermont, I checked in with him, and he goes, okay, well, have your husband put it in door nine. I go, okay, I'll let him know. And uh, <laughs> my husband's in Indiana, but I'll, I'll tell him what you said. And I just went out and backed the truck in. So, you know. Just roll with it. Just roll with it and laugh about it. I would love to be able to see those videos that you talked about earlier, and, and if you have access to them, I think it would be a great learning tool for everybody who even considers the trucking industry. I think if you just Google my, my first and last name, I think you will find them, and I may have some of them saved on my laptop. Okay. So I would have to look for them. But if you Google my name, a lot of photos and maybe some of the Conway and, and CFI videos would still come up. Okay. My husband did a couple of them also. So he says, how can I say this? He's a good sport, but he introduces himself to people at CFI by saying, oh, you know me, I'm Stephanie's husband. So... <laughs> And he's a good sport about it. And through me, marketing has also used him, which he's, he's a good driver in his own right. He's successfully paid for two trucks at, at CFI and, and Conway. So, hey, that, that was the thing. I said, oh, you're a truck owner. I, I'm not doing your books for you. You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> I love you. Balance your own checkbook. Stephanie, it's a joy to talk to you. My thanks to, to Jenny at Women in Trucking for introducing us, and I'm hoping maybe in the future we can talk again sometime. Well, absolutely, Stan. Thank you so much.
for letting me make a small difference in trucking, and it was a joy talking to you also. Stephanie Klang is just one woman who is spreading the good word about the rewards of a career in trucking. However, from where I stand, I see that trucking associations are not doing enough to promote trucking as a career and destroying old trucker stereotypes. It's time to dig into your members' pockets and begin a promotional marketing campaign. The trucking industry needs to fix a huge problem first. A giant elephant in the room. Driver retention. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, there is a mind-blowing 94% annual turnover rate at large truckload carriers. Well, there are solutions for those embarrassing numbers. One example being the fleet owner I spoke with last week, Glenn Parsons. Apparently, not every fleet owner is able to or willing to do what Glenn does. If you missed that conversation, check it out at the Truck News Podcast entitled, Zero Turnover, Nobody Wants to Leave. Next week on the TNT Podcast, a trucking lady who has won a ton of awards and keeps on trucking. Thank you for listening to our audio podcast, where you can listen anywhere, everywhere, all the time, even while you drive. After all, nobody wants to see this talking head. I'm Stan Campbell. Have a rewarding and safe week. Oh, by the way, Monday is Memorial Day. It's not about barbecues, beer, and used car sales. It's a day to remember those who have given their lives so that we all may be free, even those that disagree. Let's not forget the reason for the day. 